morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, and I'm so glad to have you along today. This Monday morning as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, pray about it, allow it to change our lives. And today we want to talk even about something broader in our, our contemporary culture. I come to you today from Gainesville, Florida, where I will be speaking today this afternoon at 1230 on the University of Florida campus. And actually, we're going to live stream it. We hope to. Uh, we haven't done the mobile off the phone live streaming, so we hope it will work. So tune in if you like, 1230, probably throughout the afternoon. We might be on who knows how long, so you can check it out there. And we might be able to be on Facebook as well. If you've not followed me there, go find me at Tom the Preacher on Facebook. So glad to have you along, I'm, uh, particularly if this is your first time, a special welcome. Today I'd like to talk about Charles Darwin. We talked last week about can smart people believe in God. We got into the topic of education, and we also talked about um, uh, atheism and the rejection of God. No discussion along these lines can be complete without referencing Charles Darwin. Why is that? Well, Romans 1 gives us the basis of how we know there's a God. It's kind of common sense. For every effect, there was a cause. A creation needs a creator. In the same way, a building needs a builder, a book needs an author, a watch needs a watchmaker. A creation needs a creator. And this was always believed. It's common sense. Most people still believe it today. And yet Darwin came along with this theory called natural selection, in which he talked about all the diversity of life we have in the world today simply could have come about by a process called evolution. Now, he didn't really address how the world began and how life began, but it didn't take long before these ideas of evolution and slow, gradual change over long periods of time uh, infiltrated everything, including uh, theories, ideas, hypotheses on how life could have begun or on even how the universe began. We want to stay focused on Darwin, whose his 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 uh, thoughts and contributions, theories, related primarily to the theory of life after his art here, the field of biology. Now you might not know this about Darwin, but Darwin, as he taught this, what's some of the backstory on it? Believe it or not, Charles Darwin was not a science uh, student when he went to the university. Actually, he was the, a theology student. He was training to become a priest. His studies were in theology. Now, to be honest, he didn't, he may not have liked it. There's differing ideas. Was his father pressuring him into it or did he choose it on his own? Either way, it's irrelevant. The truth is during his studies, he began to become a bit skeptical. He became more of a naturalist and he had questions, by the way, Good, good lesson in our day. Don't assume that if you go learn theology, it's going to make you a better Christian. Lots of times, it's important to understand who's teaching you. We talked about this last week. You can have a skeptic teaching you theology, and there's a high likelihood you're going to become a skeptic. Not because what he's saying is true, but because he's your teacher. He's your teacher. And even if he's a deceiver, Many people believe it. I mean, come on, let's face our own human weaknesses. You can run into a good salesman who's a fraud and a cheat, and he might sell you, and you might end up buying it. 
Doesn't mean his product's good. It means he was a good liar, a good fraud, a good cheat. And sometimes people who teach theology who don't believe in God, and believe me, there's a lot of them out there. In our public universities, the most prominent teachers of the Bible and of theology and religion often don't even believe in God, certainly not the Christian God. So be careful. So Darwin learned this stuff. And he also had a problem with the problem of evil. Now, this is really an interesting thing because if you take Genesis literally, that answers the problem of evil. Where did it come from? It came from the fall of man. It came when Adam sinned against God, ate of the fruit that was forbidden, and, and as a result, thorns and thistles in the land, pain in childbirth, the sweat of your brow you'd work, frustration. There was a curse upon the land because of the sin of mankind. But if you don't believe in the fall of man and you don't take Genesis literally, then you've got a big conflict, my friends, and that's this. How come... We have this God of love who's all powerful and all good and all loving, and yet there's so much evil in the world, so much suffering, so much pain. How do the two work together? Well, we realize pain tells us something's wrong. Pain tells us something's not operating the right way. And the pain we experience in life, where does it come from? Something's wrong. We fell, we sinned, we rebelled against God. There is a rebellion going on to this day, a rebellion against the Almighty God. That's what's wrong. That's why the pain and suffering. But Darwin didn't accept that. And he went through some pain and suffering throughout his life. There were some things that he had great difficulty with and believing if there was a God, he would be angry at God for, for people who died, people who suffered. He saw the world as a cruel place. And indeed, there is a lot of pain, suffering, cruelty, death in the world. Where did that death come from? It came from sin. The wages of sin is death. We read it in Romans 6.23. And indeed, that's why there's so much death. Anyway, Darwin ended up becoming skeptical, became a naturalist, dropped out of college, never finished his theological studies, never became a priest. Five years later, he went on a boat trip looking for something to do, and he was invited on this boat trip down to the Galapagos Islands where he studied, you know, he saw all this diversity of life, and it was the finch beaks, evidently, and he saw other stuff, tortoises and so on, but the finches and the various finch beaks on various islands that led him to start to categorize, and he drew. He was an inquisitive person. And he came up with this theory of natural selection. He came back and wrote his book on the origin of species by means of natural selection, which came out in 1859. And to be honest, it rocked the world. Maybe one of the most influential pieces of literature ever published, probably in the top 10, not near what the Bible is, but it, it, very influential because it changed the world. And people began to look at science as a natural world. You need, no longer needed to look to God. You no longer needed to resort to God. Even today, uh, skeptics will often talk about this idea, the God of the gaps. And that is, anything you can't explain, you just say God did it. And indeed, that's what Darwin saw. Darwin, uh, you can't explain how we got here, you just say God did it. And Darwin provided an alternative solution. By the way, in our belief of, of saying to God, we don't 
we don't just say we're wrongly represented to be saying anything you don't believe you 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 just say god did it no what we're claiming is that every effect has a cause there's life how did it get here there's order there's design how did it get here who designed it who who brought the order no we don't just accredit to god but we say someone had to do it an intelligent some source of other it doesn't just happen as the naturalistic evolutionists tell us you know darwin in his book the origin of species remember he studied theology do you realize the word species in genesis 1 where it says uh, is the same word translated into english species is the latin translation of our english word kind so in Genesis 1, where you read over and again that he created the birds to reproduce after their own kind, the, the land animals to reproduce after their own kind, the fish to, introduce, uh, to reproduce after their own kind. That word kind and species, it's species in the Latin. And when Darwin wrote the book, The Origin of Species, was he taking direct aim at Genesis and saying that all these kinds, all these species came from Others, previous, different species, different kinds of animals? I think he probably was. Pretty evident that that's where, that was his background, and he was directly challenging the teaching of Genesis. Now, today we do have many Christians who try and fuse the two together. How do you believe in Genesis, and how do you believe in, in, uh, in, in science, we're told? And the reason we're told this, or the reason we try and think this out is we're thinking people. Christians are thinking people. We want to believe the Bible. We know it's the word of God. We've come to, to know God personally. We trust the Bible. But we also think that, these, that, that science has proven evolution to be true. And it hasn't. Years ago, I tried to fuse the two together. And because I assumed evolution is proven fact, the Bible is the word of God, how do you figure it out? The Bible tells us why it happened. Evolution tells us how it happened. I thought about all these things. I tried to do this. The more I, I, I read a book years ago by Dr. Henry Morris, a great man of God and a great scientist, called The Troubled Waters Evolution. And this was way back in the 70s. We've learned so much since then. And, and it one, one night, it deconstructed my confidence in the theory of evolution. Over the last 40-some years, I've debated this subject with skeptics naturalist, materialist, thousands and thousands of times. The more time goes on, the more persuaded I am, they don't have an argument. Their arguments are so weak. Their arguments are lacking. Their arguments, you know, little finch beaks, little differences in a finch beak prove that given enough time, we, you know, we came from single cell organisms. We came from amoebas. We came from apes, or we have a common ancestor with an ape or we have a common ancestor with a, with a fish. No, the evidence for this is so speculative. It really is science fiction. Anyway, back to Darwin. Darwin is seen today as a hero. What did he really do? He taught us that you could look at life without God, without needing God, without needing a creator. It could have all happened naturally. Now, the theory of evolution has evolved over the years. Many of the things Darwin believed, people no longer believe. 
he's still held up as an iconic figure, a breakthrough figure, a, a, a thinker who, who broke through into new ideas. He's honored and respected. Everybody knows who he is, but many of his ideas are no longer believed. For instance, Louis Pasteur, who was a biologist and perhaps the greatest biologist of all time, certainly of that time, and thought of the, as the father of modern biology, he didn't accept what Darwin taught. He spent time trying to disprove him, including, for instance, disproving what's called spontaneous generation. Spontaneous generation was that life can begin on its own. You have a piece of meat and you leave it out and after a while there's maggots crawling on it. See, that the maggots just create themselves. Or you got pond water and after a while you got, you got you know, algae on it or you got frogs coming forth. And the idea is life could just come forth like that. No one believes that anymore. But that was widely believed in Darwin's day that that was possible. He believed that. And it was disproved. And, and, and uh, Louis Pasteur, a great Christian man, I might add, who rejected the theory of evolution, sought to disprove it. And he did, amongst many of his other things. Of course, he discovered bacteria and antibiotics, the creation of antibiotics to fight this. And you could probably say his science has saved more lives than anyone who's ever lived, certainly more than Darwin's. And yet we all hear about Darwin. Who knows the work of Louis Pasteur? Why? Well, one guy, what did he really do? He saved lives. He taught us how to have uh, how, how the, the dangers of, of bacteria that can kill us. What did, uh, what did Darwin do? He taught us a way we could be here without God. Who could dislike Darwin? You look at him, he looks like such a sincere old man. He wasn't always that old man in those iconic photos that we see. He was a man who was troubled, just like anyone else. He was a human being, troubled by pain, suffering, troubled by confusion, troubled by how could God allow the things to happen. And the theology he studied at the university did not give him the answer. And because he did not have the answer, he turned against faith in God. My folks, folks, not all religions right. Let me say it again. Not all religions right. False religion turns people against God, even if it's in the name of Christianity, but it's false and it doesn't hold faithful and true to the Bible. People can, thinking people can turn against the Christian faith because of the human pain, hurt, disappointment, confusion that they develop, and of course that the spiritual enemy puts within them. I see Charles Darwin as a tragic figure. I see him as a person who didn't learn the truth, even though he thought he had it. He thought he was presented the true Christian faith, not what he got. And he turned against it and he undermined it. And indeed, what he's taught, his ideas have probably undermined, even destroyed the faith of more people than any other idea in the history of the world. Be careful about him. Be careful, Darwin. Not everything that he taught was true by a long shot. Even, that, even scientists, even evolutionists would acknowledge that today. But so much of what evolution teaches, there is another side. You can find it. It's easy to find. As a matter of fact, it doesn't take much more than a Google search to go find or go to answersingenesis.org. And it's not too hard to find the answers. We've got them. And today I'm going to be proclaiming, and I hope you will join me at the University of Maryland on the live stream. Or if you're in Gainesville, come join me in person. Father in heaven, we thank you and we bless you that you are our creator God. We know, as it says in Romans, that you, your divine nature is clearly seen through the things you created. 
and that those who rejected you, Lord, it's it, you prof, It's like a prophecy there in Romans that they would exchange the glory of the incredible God for images in the form of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Father, we've done that. Our culture's done that. We who were made in the image of God, we who were the the the, the in the the dignity we have, the glory we have, that we're not a four-footed creature. We're not an ape, a baboon, a bonobo. We're not a fish. We are human beings. We have a conscience. We worship. We think. We create. People tell me that we're just like 98% like a chimpanzee. Father, you know, where are their universities? What music did they compose? What symphonies did they compose? What rocket ships did they build? What cars? What Lord, what computers? What internet are they uh, live streaming over? No, they're just mere animals, whereas we humans are made in the image of God. I pray, Father, we on this live stream would not exchange our glory for mere animals. And I pray, Father, that this the glory of God and the glory you have given us to create us in your image our children would embrace that. People in our churches would embrace that. That those we know would embrace that and understand it all begins. Lord, they, the, the skeptics, they challenge the first verse of the Bible, the first chapter. We believe it to be true. and We believe that wisdom understands us humans are unique. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us to walk in that uniqueness to reflect the glory of God today, to walk in the victory so that Christ will be seen in us. And I pray this. I pray for our children and our grandchildren. I pray, again, those in our churches, they would be receiving a godly, Christ-centered, true education. We guard against theories that would undermine the faith in you as our creator. We pray these things and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, God bless you. You have a great day. Again, I'll be out today. I hope if you want to tune in, I hope our live stream will work from campus. But give it a look. We'll start at about 12:30, probably be much of the afternoon. So I hope you can join us. Until then, you have a blessed day. Love you guys. And might you be might you walk with God today. Until we see you tomorrow at 8:30 a.m. Might God's face shine upon you, be gracious to you, might he fill you with his peace and joy. In his name. Amen. All right, bye-bye.